0: Welcome back to the third episode of the Water Carrier Podcast with your host, Billy Brannigan. And today I'm with special guest, um, my dad, Mark Brannigan, Swans historian on the Hall of Fame committee there, and a man who has known for having his football career destroyed by Gary Ablett Sr. down at Glenferry Oval, when Gary Ablett Sr. kicked nine goals on him in a half. But there's more to that story to come. Uh, On today's episode of the podcast, just going to be previewing the preliminary finals, then going over a few new segments, doing some grand final analysis for Tigers vs. Cats game on the weekend, and then going over some history that the two clubs share. Okay, so we'll get into it. So, welcome to the podcast. Now, the first game on the weekend of the preliminary finals was Friday night at Adelaide Oval. We had Tigers versus Port Adelaide. I thought this was a good game. Um, Very close contest for a long time. Neither team dominated, I thought, and the stats sort of showed this. They were very even. The main difference in the statistics was... Port got out, just Port got dominated in the centre clearances. To only win four centre clearances in a whole game is pretty pathetic from Port Adelaide and Richmond dominated them in that area and led to a few goals. They just couldn't stop um, Richmond in the middle and it was a problem all night. Billy, uh,
1: Dad here, just uh, thought it'd be worth commenting on the fact that I never thought I'd see you barracking for Port Adelaide in a match. (laughs) Is that uh, true, or was that just uh, yeah? I was going some figment of my imagination.
0: No, I was going for Port Adelaide, but so were you. Were you not? Oh, Who yeah, wants Richmond to win? Yeah, true. Yeah, and all I a bit thought that. that Cats have a better chance against Port Adelaide, and I want to see Cats win, but they have Tigers anyway.
1: So. Do you base that on the fact that they had a pretty pretty easy game on uh, Saturday night against the Lions, who sort of fell apart in the in the last half.
0: Yeah, the Lions definitely fell apart. They weren't up to it. Don't have the experience yet.
1: I think recent history might show us that actually a, a soft preliminary final is not a good way to go into a grand final.
0: What recent history? Uh,
1: like I was <laughs> going to say, maybe last year. That, uh, then G. again, I think that GWS had an absolute uh, nail-biter against Collingwood, so I might have just contradicted my whole theory there. Because <laughs> they fell apart, didn't they?
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly, and they had a tight contest in that prelim.
1: Yeah, that's right. It went down to the wire. And it was wet, too. So maybe that's a sign for the uh, Tigers, that after being in the wet in Adelaide and having to fly back to the Gabba, maybe they'll be worn out.
0: Well, it will be wet on the weekend. Is that the forecast? Yeah, that's what I've heard.
1: It never rains in Queensland, does it?
0: Yes, it does. Oh, jeez. It's the rain stage.
1: You are pulling out some stats that (laughs) haven't really factored in. So, anyway, you better keep... Well, it
0: it wasn't a complete game over, Cats versus Lions. We'll get to it. But before I just finish off wait. with Tiges, Port Adelaide, um, Nank the Tank, was he your best on ground? Who? <laughs> Na- Nank the Tank. Which <laughs> one? Toby Nankervis. Oh,
1: yeah. Well, being a, an Hang ex- on, you're
0: meant to be a footy great here.
1: Yeah, but I mean, I didn't know what his latest nickname was. I mean, uh, you know, he's an ex swanner uh, yes. so we gave him away, just as we've given away Mumford and a few other ruckmen over the time.
0: Will you be inducting him into the Hall of Fame? Well, He's going to um, be a three-time Premiership player soon. Yeah. Well, yeah, Or he the, could be.
1: Yeah, look, we might have to set up a de facto Hall of Fame at the Swans for all the players that left and did uh, a lot better without us. But, uh, yeah, so, no, he did a great job dropping into the back line. That's a big uh, uh, big, big support there. Defence was really well organised. They had the big boys dropping back, taking the marks. And, of course, you've got the circus acrobat, uh, Dylan Grimes, floating around in the back line as well. So, yeah. Uh, uh, interesting the way they worked that out Bolter does a great job And then you've got Osprey Who's even able to double up at the throw-ins uh, As another Ruckman I mean their, their yeah. whole cohesiveness in the backline Is a- absolutely first class Geelong's really got to make sure They absolutely undermine that And score quickly
0: Well my question is Is their backline really that good Or is it the fact that they could Sag off your, your Todd Marshalls Who had a poor game To get the triple team or the double team on Dixon For the intercept mark like we saw so many times during that game
1: yeah well I don't know what happened to the uh, big boys for uh, Port down in the forward line Marshall went missing so did uh, Laddams couldn't do much yeah Laddams couldn't do anything and uh, once again it was pretty easy for the uh, intercepts to uh, pick them off down there uh, delivery of the ball into the inside 50 was pretty poor it was once again a bit of a raffle straight up and down
0: straight yeah exactly they didn't but they didn't look to target Todd Marshall or Laddams, I also thought. It was always Dixon. Yeah. Just becoming predictable. Fairly
1: predictable. And, of course, if uh, Geelong do that again with Hawkins, that'll be a problem. Yeah. But I think that the Cats are on, uh, on the way to actually resolving that with some other targets, including Dangerfield and uh, the yeah. great man, exactly. Gary Ablett.
0: So, as we saw, when Dylan Rich sagged on Gary Ablett, did not work well. Gary Ablett got those two easy goals. We're not going to see Grimes or any Richmond defender sack off Ablett, let alone Dangerfield.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, the first goal that Ablett got, that, uh, that throw from uh, Dangerfield, I think that's the best throw I've seen since uh, down in our laundry when mum bought some uh, new uh, throws to throw all over the uh, sofa. But uh, anyway, what? so they got away with that one.
0: and uh, Hang on. Buy throws.
1: Yeah, a throw. You know, a throw is like a bit of a blanket or a scarf you put over top of a couch. Hang on, what?
0: <laughs> There's no such thing as a throw.
1: Mate, you haven't lived. You've got to go, uh, maybe you've got to get out to Ikea and a few places like that and uh, update your, uh, your furniture uh, profile and portfolio. You
0: always have to bring the Swedish into this, Dad.
1: Well, why not? It's a lovely country, lovely people.
0: Okay. Well, I think that wraps it up for that game. What, what do you think?
1: Yeah, a good summary. Well done.
0: Well, I do have to ask you, what are your thoughts on Dersma? It was all over social media. Probably the most controversial topic of the night on Twitter. Um, Dersma getting into Lynch after his goal.
1: Yeah, well, I was actually more surprised by the fact that his uh, restrained celebration, you know, the uh, firing the arrow into the crowd. Yeah. Uh, I reckon when you're a young player like that, you probably should... He uh, needs to do a bit more work and uh, have a few more achievements
0: before yeah. he starts not throwing drop himself around not drop chess marks Well, in, a, in the centre yeah, yeah
1: that's true but I mean in a tight game like that the last thing you need to do is make yourself more of a target I think he's a great player and he's obviously young so uh, you, you know you do something like that and it can come back to haunt you and um, I think it did if I got my timing right he later dropped that
0: yeah he did drop that chess mark I believe the second quarter the one Rosie perfectly set up for him Anyway, onto the Cats Lions game. I thought I tipped that the Cats would have this game in the bag, and they did. Came out from the first centre bounce yet again, and they. I feel like you could say they dominated. Did I mean it wasn't reflected on the score board in the first half? Could have been four goals up at half time with some bad misses from Myers and Meningola. However, second half they definitely converted with Ablett. And all the other forwards, Rowan Dalhouse, contributing. Yeah, I think that's a uh, good summary. I
1: think that the Lions were just blown away. They, uh, they might have just, uh, I think, having the week off, they might have just lost their touch a little bit. Yeah. I think that uh, they just certainly weren't ready for um, everything going right for Geelong. Geelong's defence was superb, very tight, and um, you know, uh, Brisbane's midfield just never really got going. Guys who have been playing pretty well, like McCluggage. Even Mitch Robertson, Robinson, who's been playing very well, you know, he had that uh, eye injury very early in the piece, hardly got a touch after that. Yeah, so
0: Lyons and Berry as well.
1: So they lacked a bit of drive from the uh, centre clearances and, um, you know, the guys that are really um, improved this year at Geelong like Guthrie and Menegola and so on, Simpson, they really just got... Uh, they the
0: dominated through the middle. Yeah, yeah. So Lyons just left the corridor open and... Geelong took advantage of it, which is good to see, but I don't think Richmond will allow that to happen on Saturday. I also thought the Selwood tag on Neil was very good in that first quarter, shut Neil down a bit. So do you but reckon that that done. will mean that
1: Selwood will take on a uh, tagging role this well, week? In I was round going
0: round. to ask for the next segment, good call, bad call. Good call, bad call. Does Selwood tag Dusty at stoppages? Well, Yes. They've got
1: to have some. If they don't have someone on him, they may as well hand over the cup without playing the game. I mean, they can hand it over at two o'clock. Forget about having a twilight match. I mean, for God's sake.
0: You think they should, but do you think they will?
1: They, well, they will. Yeah, I can't and believe it. And you think it
0: will be Selwood on Uh
1: Dusty? Well, I think maybe in the uh, in those center clearance contests and stoppages. But um, I think when he goes forward, probably College has, and he's the the guy to match up on him size wise. Um, or uh, even views. I think that, you know, they're both sort of pretty pretty honest characters but uh they just need someone who's pretty solid to just keep an eye on Martin because I mean he just got away with what he want whatever he wanted to do the other night.
0: Okay. Um alright, second good call, bad call. Lack of experience just leads to you no know, choking in those big set shots set shot moments. Lester, Zorko, Hipwood.
1: Yes, uh, definitely. I think that that's, you've you've got to convert. I think they've had a goal-kicking problem all year. Yeah, they have. Brisbane, and um, you know, you just can't afford to miss those opportunities. It takes the the air out of the team. All the defence and midfield have worked hard to get it up there, and uh, they were just poorly misses. I think that one of them, was it Leicester got up there as well and had a relatively easy shot. I mean, not only did he miss the shot, but it went down the other end and Geelong scored. And um,
0: it was game over pretty much. Yeah, by that so stage. you've just got to you've you absolutely got to nail them. Same with the Hipwood one in the fourth quarter. All right, um, another one with the forwards at Brisbane. Good call, bad call. Can McStay and Hipwood take you to a grand final? Because I don't think they can't. And so I think Joe has a great pick up.
1: Well, um, I think their only chance of taking them to a grand final is that if they both got licensed as bus drivers. <laughs> And uh, took on the uh, rest of the team. Because <laughs> at this stage, I think there's no chance. I mean, McStay in both finals really looked like he wasn't in the yeah, action. he's not there. And, uh, look, he's young, though. He's got time to develop. Maybe... Yeah, uh, but how
0: long do we say this about certain players, that they're young and they've got time?
1: Yeah, well, I mean, uh, you're right. But he's got to step up. So uh, I'd give uh, him another, another year and also Hipwood... Not sure about Danaher, but um, if he's uh, injury-free and he's motivated, then he certainly gives them another option. He's obviously a a beautiful kick and so on, that that might straighten them up. But um, yeah, I think that they've got a lot of work to do that break their hearts, the hard work that they do down in defence and so on, that their forwards waste those opportunities and they can't just keep waiting, expecting Charlie Cameron to whip out a few goals.
0: Okay, good call, bad call. Um Ken Hinckley putting Darcy Byrne-Jones on Dusty was not the best decision.
1: Well, I think, as I said before, I think that they're just taking a risk and not really having a full-on hard tag on Dusty. I think it's pretty hard to do that. I think that some teams give up. But I think you've got to do as much as you can to have a contest. And so I don't know why they didn't have someone stronger bodied on him like exactly. uh, uh, Wines or uh, even one of their other main defenders to uh, pick up Martin because he's so dangerous not only does he kick goals but he's, he creates goals and uh, he really breaks up the play I just think you can't take any risks
0: it's not necessarily about the weight difference between the two is my problem it's the fact that all year um, Darcy Burn jones role has been intercepting and kicking it long starting their offence and how are you meant to do that when you're also meant to be playing on Darcy think yeah well it's crazy he's you can't, been asked too much yeah
1: you can't do both roles yeah.
0: and then last one good call bad call did that Heartlet out of bounds decide the game?
1: Well, it did in terms of it being the final goal, I think, that kept them 10 points ahead, which made the, Leonard broke Port Adelaide's uh, heart there. Um, I don't know, looking at it in uh, slow motion, it wasn't very uh, well covered up by Hartlet. It wasn't the smartest tap out. I mean, they'd already paid a few uh, deliberates on the night um, yeah, I think it was just too risky for him to take. He did, it did look like he was panicking and going for the boundary line. And I mean, Rockliffe didn't seem to make much of an effort to get near the ball either, which didn't help. So you he just need to be smarter in that scenario as well. Yeah. Game awareness, it's called, Billy.
0: Well, <laughs> now if we look at the big game, the Granny, this yes. weekend, this Saturday. Saturday night, first Saturday night, Granny. Is that correct? Correct. We've ever seen. So it's going to be a good game. Um, Two completely different systems in the way in which they play. Richmond, they're just crazy football, I would say, in that once they get into the forward 50 half is what I'm reflecting on in terms of that pressure and the turnovers it leads to is how they play their game. Whereas Geelong start from the back, they build it up, and then hopefully they get the run through the corridor like we've seen in the past two weeks, and then get to 60 metres, lower the ice to Hawkins, danger, Rowan. Yeah.
1: Uh, I like the way you've got it worked out there, Billy. So, uh, what are we looking at at the moment? I mean, statistically, these, these two teams are quite balanced. Of course, they've only played each other in they've played each other twice in grand finals, uh, with the record being one each. So, Geelong won in 1931, even I wasn't born then. Um, Tigers won in '67, which was seen to be a uh, classic. Overall, they've played 11 finals. Throughout their history, of which Richmond have won nine and the Cats have only won two. Um, which, uh, if you look at their overall premiership record, Tigers have won 12 premierships and Geelong have only won nine. Um, interesting thing that uh, Geelong was one of the founding clubs of the VFL in 1897, yeah. and the Tigers didn't join until 11 years later in 1908.
0: Yeah, fake club. Yeah, yeah but.
1: It's interesting, in, in Richmond's first year in 1908, I know I'm going back, I was just yeah
0: no, kept going the
1: other day, but 1908 actually, Richmond's first year, they finished ninth out of 10 teams.
0: Ninth out of 10.
1: Yeah, which yep. wasn't bad, because guess who finished last? Geelong. Geelong. <laughs> okay, so Geelong actually had their first wooden spoon in 1908, but Geelong was the first team to actually play in finals, which was 1912. How do you like this for a bit of trivia as well? In... Um, in Richmond, uh, Richmond's first finals appearance was in 1916, yes. which was during the First World War.
0: Yeah, okay. There would have and been only a they, limited amount of teams.
1: Yeah, they there were only four teams four playing. Four teams, yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah, and Richmond lost their finals matches. So Richmond actually came last. Came last. Won the Wooden Spoon in 1916.
0: So that wasn't their first finals appearance, technically.
1: Well, they were in the finals because there were only four teams. Yeah. And they had a final four, but they still came last. Yeah. So a bit of trivia there for you, Billy, yeah, because no. actually yeah. Fitzroy finished last that year, fourth. <laughs> they actually won the premiership. Oh, wow. So a bit of trivia, guys. If you're ever asked a question, uh, has a team ever won the wooden spoon? Uh, has a team ever come last and won the premiership in the same year? The answer is yes. Fitzroy in 1916. So, um, and the Tigers won their first wooden spoon in 1917. Uh, uh, and... Um, In that year, it was still the second, uh, first world war was still going on. 1917, uh, there were six teams playing. Richmond came last. Geelong, second last.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So there is big history between the two clubs, and we've obviously seen recent years. Well, the Tigers
1: would always be very proud of their record. They were the first ones to actually win a premiership in the VFL. They won their first premiership in 1920 and went back to back in 1921. And uh, Geelong didn't win a premiership until 1925. Yeah. Then they went on and they actually played each other in 1931 uh, where the Cats got up by 20 points, 68 to uh, 48. And then as I said earlier, they, uh, it was another 40 uh, odd years before they played, 45 odd years before they played a grand final in 1967 and uh, Richmond won that by 9 points. So the Tigers have got an overall better finals record, uh, but it's one f- one each from the uh, two grand finals. A, uh, just as a just as an aside, I think that Geelong and Richmond have had players going back and forth. Of course, you've got Josh Caddy, who's at Richmond now, came from Geelong.
0: I think that's a win-win trade, if we think about that. Josh Caddy and then the pick turned into Brandon Parfitt once playing in this grand final. The other seems unlikely to be playing at this stage.
1: Aren't the Cats trading out Brandon Parf-
0: Parfit? No, he's not going anyway. He's just signed a two-year deal, knocked back offers to go to South Australia. I don't think he's in any German Cameron trade.
1: Okay, well, Josh Caddy's already won two premierships. Yeah, but Tigers. he's not
0: He's not playing this year.
1: Yeah, well if, he could, if he could get in the team,
0: he'd be three. Yeah, he's not good enough. Um,
1: what about Brad Ottens? He That's came, how we got rid of him. Oh, okay, Brad Ottens came yeah. from the Tigers... Won us 2011
0: premiership. Haven't had a ruckman like him since.
1: I think he won three premierships, didn't he?
0: Did he? Was he in all three?
1: I think so, yeah. Yeah. So, um, an interesting story Um, in 1974, there was a defender for Geelong called Gareth Andrews who moved mid season. So, he was in a straight swap with a guy called Rex Hunt. Rex Hunt. So, Rex Hunt, who was famous. Any relation to Taylor Hunt? Well, speaking of Geelong and Richmond, <laughs> that is an absolute beauty. That is a segue. I hadn't even thought of that one. Taylor Hunt, you're right. Taylor, well, no, probably no relation. Uh, yeah. Taylor Hunt sort of used to run around on his tiptoes, didn't he? Whereas Big yeah. Rex was a heavy set sort of bloke. Yeah. Um, Taylor Hunt was he Geelong to Richmond or Richmond to? No, Geelong?
0: Geelong to Richmond. Oh, okay. As Soon as he got delisted, Richmond won the premiership, but that's well, a story for another day. <laughs>
1: There might be something in that. Yeah, they could. But let me just tell you this: Gareth Andrews swapped in the middle of the season, the nineteen seventy-four season, with Rex. Mid-season Hunt. trades. Yeah, and he, Gareth Andrews, went to Richmond from Geelong. Rex Hunt went from Richmond to Geelong. Yeah. So Andrews ends up playing for Richmond last last half of the seventy-four season. They win a premiership, and he
0: was a member of their premiership team. And. Uh, so he's almost a Walmart Josh Caddy. He goes to Richmond and Winter Premiership.
1: Yeah, yeah. When Richmond was strong, um, they were premierships fly out the door every every year. Um, but yeah, just speaking of some of the uh, statistical anomalies, I think that uh, another issue about Saturday's game, we've got to think about the father son connection. Buse, so tablet, I would. I've got a question. I think that maybe some there are some bad omens here. Sadly for Geelong,
0: let's hear the question. You've got then. Uh,
1: a number of Geelong players whose dad's played uh, in Grand Finals. So you've got Gary Ablett, of course.
0: Well, many in played. losing Grand Finals.
1: Well, his father, Gary Ablett Senior, who I turned into a superstar, um, I gave him the confidence after he kicked nine goals on me at Glenferry Oval, but that's another story. Um, but uh, his, uh, his dad played in four losing Grand Finals. Sam Simpson's dad played in a losing Grand final. Sean Simpson, father of Sam. Played in the 92 grand final where they got one. And Sam by Simpson,
0: actually related, he's related to Gus Clark. You're kidding me. I'm not. The big huck. He's related to huck.
1: Is that why you've got that family tree painted up on the wall here? <laughs> oh, my God. That,
0: that, uh, that never made any sense to me. Oh, now I understand. Okay.
1: We'll come back to the huck, uh, the big man. But also Jed Buse, his dad Andrew Buse, played in 1989 when they got beaten by Hawthorne. He was a, a rover young, uh, the rat, Andrew Buse. So there are, there are father and sons all around the place. Um, and uh, also, I think you've got Jack Hawkins was the father of Tomahawk. Yeah. Um, but uh, his um, father, Jack, never played in a grand final with the Cats. Um, just two other things I'll pick up for you. 1937, when the Cats won their um, their third premiership, They had a player on the half-back line called Jack Selwood. So that's got to be an Mm. omen.
0: That, yes.
1: And in uh, 31, um, they had a player called Jack Metherill. And that's your mother's surname before she got married. Metherill. So Cats, Premierships, Metherill, Billy Boy. I think there's something in this. That's got to be an omen for the water. Okay, carry.
0: okay, enough with the omens. Yeah, all right, okay. Well, you take it away. You give me
1: your rap and your... Well, uh, to be thoughts. fair,
0: we've hardly actually talked about the grand final. Oh, shit. <laughs> Sorry. No you, that. no, you can say shit. I don't think it's that bad. Okay. I don't think we'll get banned by Spotify anytime soon. Um. Well, who's your tip and why? I think that... We'll solve. Okay. We'll issues. will of
1: our um, issues. I want to see the Cats win. I think that'd be great. Good for mankind.
0: I see Tiger, where this is going.
1: Tigers have had plenty, and uh, I've got to say though, I just reckon uh, Richmond are just so even all around the ground They just send us four goals. I've got to say, Richmond by fourteen points. Unfortunately,
0: I cannot believe that. I'm not barricading for them. I'm just saying that. Well, what? What? Just because they're even all around the ground?
1: Yeah, and they'll win.
0: I'm worried about the fact richmond's pressure game in the forward 50 on the effect that might have on the tools in taylor and henderson 30 36 taylor could I, I i think they've both been composed tall backs all season but just a bit worried about the pressure richmond will give jack henry also we've seen him sometimes just doesn't know how long left he's got with the football we saw that in that port game and that Brisbane game. He's, had well, a few free kicks against him. Eddie Betts caught him out, didn't he? Yeah, Eddie um, Betts caught him game. out in that game. Yeah, for we end up losing to Carlton. What a disgrace! Geelong lost to Carlton.
1: Yeah. So I think that uh, look, the, the, there's a reality that they, if they panic under pressure, they're gone.
0: Geelong panic. Well, the
1: defenders, yeah. if they're exposed, those big guys, Henderson, Taylor down the back, then um, it could be trouble. But I've just got a feeling that the Cats are really going to—they'll they'll start well, and I think yeah. it'll be a really—it's going to be a really tough game.
0: I just think it's worrying how much the Tigers know this Geelong outfit and the way they play. Tigers will—Tigers will be running all game for those marks. They're not going to let any cheapies around the back at all. Yeah. They're not going to let um, Geelong go through the corridor. So, yeah. yeah, that would be the point for the Tigers. But I just see Geelong winning this game. And well, I think it's going to come from a, mirac- a few miracle efforts around the ground.
1: All right. Name them.
0: I think Gary Rowan.
1: Big call as
0: a Ged Swan Beers. supporter.
1: I've seen Gary Rowan.
0: And I think Sam Simpson can hold up. Interesting him. performances. Sam Simpson will go unnoticed, and I think he could have one of the games of his life. Well, He, he kicks goals.
1: Yeah.
0: So I'm going with too long. I have to.
1: Well, you were born that way. Yeah, I was. And uh, I remember when you first started Barracking for the Cats as a uh, three-year-old, I thought to myself, oh, are we going to put this kid through so much misery? Geelong hadn't won a premiership then for 44 years and yet they they delivered the next year and you made the right call. And then two years later, and then two years later. So I think you're on a a good thing.
0: Yeah. Well, I think that has to end it there. Oh, actually, before we go... Yeah, sure. Sources multi... Yep. It's my new thing. I don't uh, obviously um, encourage betting, but all. let's just go over what I had. I had Charlie Dixon, max one, kicked one, so I got that right. I had Hipwood with zero. He kicked one from a cheap advantage. I'm not counting that. Uh, that's two, two out of two. I had Paddy Dangerfield, best on ground. No, nah, didn't work out. I had Tigers by four goals. Tigers won, didn't win by four goals. So I'll, I'll take two and a half out of four.
1: Well, you're very generous to yourself. Ge- oh, I'm not generous at all. Well, I mean, if you, you said he would, wouldn't score a goal and he scored a goal, so... Uh, okay, well, I this mean, week... If you, were, if you were putting that money over the line <laughs> on the TAB or one of those other betting agencies, you wouldn't see that money for dust.
0: All right, well, here's my... Uh, Which is a
1: lesson about gambling that you probably couldn't even get started <laughs> no, his, in the
0: first his, place. His, No, and here's Source's Multi <laughs> for <laughs> uh, the grand final. Yeah, all right. Sam Simpson, right. one goal, 20 disposals. Gary Ablett two goals, Mm -hmm. five tackles. Mm. The third part, I'm just going to go big. Jed Buse, Norm Smith. (laughs) I've said it. I've just said it. Just dropped the mic. I've said it. It's out there. It's out there. And lastly, I'll go with Stanley to have the best game of his life.
1: Uh, yeah. Okay. Well, if that happens, then maybe... actually
0: that's pretty poor because they're all Geelong related. Well, no surprise there. Yeah. But okay. What can you do?
1: All right. So I'll go for uh, a smokey for the Norm Smith. I, okay. I I think he probably could have won a couple of years ago. Bashawuli. He, he's just got that sort of style of play. If they play well and get rolling, he'll 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 be a standout player. Uh. But otherwise, um, give us your top I, three. Then. I would be. Uh. For me. Uh, Because, you know, I I was always a defender, dowdy, uh, disciplined, hard at it, in and under. Um, Norm Smith, David Asprey. Uh, What the... Second, Norm Smith, Nathan
0: Broad. Oh, no, just shut up. You're taking the piss.
1: No, I'm serious, mate. It's about time that defenders got recognition. (laughs) You're not going to
0: win the Norm Smith. (laughs) Well,
1: hear me out. You heard it first. Okay. Noah Bolter. The Bolter. Just right, well, then I'll have to get my first. top three. Obviously,
0: right. Jetty Buse. Yep. Number two, Menengola.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Number three, Sam Simpson. Now, that's none of your big names, your Hawkins, your Selwoods, your Dangerfields, your Duncans, even your Guthries. But I don't think it'll be like that. Anyway, so reach 30 minutes here. So that's the end of the third episode of the Water Carrier Podcast, reviewing the prelims and then going over the grand final with a bit of my dad's history, Mark Brannigan. So, yeah.
1: Thanks, Billy. Thanks for having me, and good luck on the weekend for the cats. I hope they can do the job. Thanks, mate.
0: Thank you.